Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Here it is, a Thursday, October 7th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Bill Meltzer going to join us in a couple of moments to talk about uh, some of the cuts and much more here on this episode. And uh, Flyers did make some cuts. They had some players reassigned, quite a few actually, and there's still more to go. The Flyers did uh, fought. The Flyers did assign five players to the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, including Lena Sandine, Tyson Forster, Isaac Ratcliffe, and Linus Hogberg. Also, Morgan Frost. We'll get back to Frost in just a second. They also uh, they also put four players through waivers for the purpose of being assigned to Lehigh Valley. That's Adam Clendenning, Jerry Mayhew, Gorman Rupsoff, and Connor Bunneman. And they also released Cal O'Reilly from his PTO contract, his professional tryout. And they also released Cal O'Reilly from his PTO and will report to Lehigh Valley. So back to Morgan Frost. That's the big story. The opportunity with Kevin Hayes out injured to start the season six to eight weeks with the abdominal surgery uh, opened the door for Morgan Frost uh, to grab that 2C spot where he's been in camp uh, with James Van Riemsdyk and Joel Farabee and some other mixes as well. Uh, but a lot of people are looking at the fact that Morgan Frost did not make the team out of camp as some fait accompli that he's a bust or that he's not going to be a good NHL player. Look, some people may look at this as an excuse, but you need to look at it differently because it's not an excuse, it's reality. Frankly, it's, it's annoying, the fatalistic Flyer fans. Um, I know I'm asking for patience, and that's something that's hard to come by for Flyer fans when... For a decade, it's been in the playoffs one year, out the next. In one year, out the next. And you want to see the team move forward. And you're relying on young draft picks like Morgan Frost, who's the top prospect in the Flyers system. And you look at this and go, he didn't make the team when there's a clear opening there. He's a bust. Like, you can't look at it that way. Morgan has played four periods of hockey in 18 months since March of 2020. Also, when he did come back in, in that second game he got into and hurt his shoulder, that required end of the season and required surgery. So the offseason is a little bit different when you have a, an injury or a surgery you're coming back from because you have to rehabilitate the injured area, which Morgan did, and added muscle to boot. And I think had a really good offseason conditioning and getting ready for the season. But the fact remains, he's played four periods of hockey in 18 months. And this sport, you have to play it to get your game back. You can work out with guys in the summer at skates, and you can go through practices and training camp and a few preseason games. That's not going to bring your game all the way back. And to be able to be in the NHL and have success, your game's got to be all the way back. It's a very unforgiving league if you're not where you need to be. And I don't mean positionally. I mean where your game needs to be. And again, Morgan has played four periods. Now, the hot takes are flying on Twitter. He's a bust. Top prospect in the organization. Couldn't make the team with a hole. He, he may be called up as quickly as before the home opener against the Vancouver Canucks in just about a week's time, in eight days. He could be up in a week into the season. But he needs to play to get his game where it needs to be. To do that at the NHL level is not a good idea because it's a very unforgiving league. If he goes down to the AHL like he is and going to play with the Phantoms, it's a lot less unforgiving 
and a better chance of success, which helps get his game to where it needs to be. Frankly, it's exhausting with some of the people that think that his career is over and he's a bust because he didn't make the team out of camp this year. Just my opinion on it. But let's get to Bill Meltzer right now. We're going to talk about that and much more from NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. And, Bill, it appears as if, well, the sky is definitely falling. It's, uh, it, it sounds like it. You know, it's uh, because, you know, roster moves that get made in, uh, before the start of the season inevitably shape the roster the whole year. I mean, and, and I get it. I get it. You know, I, I think there tends to be a lot of overreaction, good or bad, to – what an opening night roster looks like because things very often change and they can change pretty quickly too. So. Yeah. I mean, some of the, the initial tweets that I got, I just want to read a couple because they, they kind of go through the range, right. Uh, of the sky is falling from uh, he's a total bust uh, to what a joke or, you know, Gregory said, uh, so happy we're giving him some time to round things out. He's the future. No need to rush, which is uh, kind of a, a a practical take. He also said you need to relax people. Frost is a part of the future. No need to rush. If you cancel your tickets because the team added some much needed veterans, please do so. Uh, would be nice to see some seats open for real fans. You know, it's it's crazy because Morgan doesn't make the team out of camp. Billy's played two games, really four periods since the pandemic hit. And when we talked to Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault, in the offseason, they both alluded that it was most likely he was going to start there. Now, the Hayes injury changed yeah. the dynamic of that. But the fact of the matter is, is because Hayes got hurt, he didn't play more games over the last 18 months. Yeah, that, that didn't exactly. That didn't didn't change where he where he was at physically. Um, you know, I, I, I think that if you look bigger picture and you and I talked on this program also about how. Now, listen, he, he was not in any kind of offensive rhythm right now. He's not creating offense. You know, he's not, not getting enough puck touches, all, all those things. And they're all, they're all fair. They're all things that you look for from him, um, you know, if, if he was going to make the team. Um, on, on the flip side, he wasn't hurting the team. And that, that actually should be, a, uh, that actually should be a, a point of optimism, I think, going ahead. Because they asked him to add strength. He did that. They asked him to, get, you know, to continue improving defensively. I thought the last two games he was pretty solid defensively. So that, you know, those, those are areas you look for as part of the total game, you know. But the his the, his number one competency is not back yet. It just it just isn't. Um, you know, when when a player is locked in, particularly an offensively talented player, uh, he's anticipating where the puck is going to go. And when he's not there, and, and he's missed a lot of time or whatever, you know, he's going to where the puck is. So the puck is gone by the time he gets there. That was really. That was really what I was pretty noticeable in some of these games. Um, you know, he uh, – I don't know. I mean, you know, you expect him to make some nice passes. He did. He scored the one shootout goal. But you – you know, you look at Frost to be a guy who was creating multiple chances a game, not, not one or two. You know, I, I think that um, it looks like a product of a player who doesn't have his timing or his offensive confidence, to be frank, back, back yet at this point. Now, well, some people will say, Bill, well, he, at this point, you know, he should have that. He's the flash top prospect, the opportunities there. But again, he missed so much time just yeah. because of his status in the organization or his skill set. It doesn't bring the hands back faster. And when you don't play for so long, it is something 
that that takes time and rhythm to get back into and you know going to the phantoms i don't think this is a bad thing would i've liked to see him knock the door down and make the team of course but i'm also being practical about this and and again i think we need to remove emotion from it sometimes and the emotion of fandom because this doesn't mean that he's a bust it doesn't mean that you know he's not going to be a good nhl player like do we need to remind people of Patrick uh, Sharp or Justin Williams or guys they traded very earlier in their career that turned out to be really good players. Everybody's timeline is different. And his was frankly interrupted by a pandemic and a severe shoulder injury, which requires required surgery. Absolutely. No, I, I, that, that absolutely sets a player's timetable back. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I think there's an element in the fan base going, Oh, that's just making excuses. That's really, it's just reality. You know, when you have a serious injury and, and, uh, and some, and some prospects have had multiple serious injuries, like, you know, I, I like Rubsov, I don't, who know who knows where he would be right now if he was never injured, but he had two concussions. He had a shoulder surgery, he had another shoulder injury and he had a broken wrist that required wrist surgery. So that definitely sets a player's development back. There's just no two ways around that. Um, you know, Frost is, was the one shoulder, shoulder injury and whatever. And, he should be fine, but I mean that can that can really throw a wrench in, in a player's development. The other, you know, something else too. You, know, you were talking about guys like like uh, Patrick Sharp. You know, uh, I mean, you know, in, in some ways, Morgan reminds me of Danny Briere, uh, mm-hmm. who's also a first round pick. And you know, I mean, Danny, Danny's first three pro years were mostly spent in the American Hockey League, and he played I think in like 84, 85 NHL games. And he had a, he had 20 points in his first 80 something NHL games. Just wasn't ready yet. It, some different yeah. players develop at different rates. Talking got two guys who are first round picks. You just have to find what works for you at the top level. And again, health is a piece of it too. So you know, I, I think that if we're having this conversation half a season, why is why is Frost under a point per game or well under a point per game in the American Hockey League and doesn't seem like he's progressing? Then you know, then I then I would probably be saying something different saying i'm getting a little concerned i'd like to see i'd like to see him pick up the pace a little bit you know coming out of coming out of a, a short sample size in training camp off you know off of all the factors we talked about i i think you just need to to chill out a little bit and let things develop over the coming weeks and then then see where he is yeah and, and again it's not ideal with Hayes out and you know let's yeah. talk about that part of it now uh, the 2C role on this team is now something that, that can be debated legitimately. And, I mean, you have several options. You could move Derek Broussard to that spot. I don't love that option. Um, you could put um, Scott Lawton as the 2C. I like this option. I'll tell you why, because I watched JVR and Farabee with Lawton last year, and they had some really good stretches of chemistry and, and effectiveness. You could put Giroux in the middle and move him off the wing. And then when things come back, you, you move him back to the wing. I'm not in favor of that. Yeah. Um, so you do have some options. Some would say, well, well, the Flyers go into the trade market and look at a guy like Tomas Hurdle. Uh, I, I, they don't think they can fit, fit 5.625 million. So, no, what, not, not, not unless, uh, yeah, not, not unless Hayes is going to be on long term injured reserve for a long yeah. time during the season. I mean, his, the way his timetable seems to be you know, situated, that doesn't seem realistic. I mean, I do frankly have a concern about Hayes when he comes back, how effective is he going to be just because that's two abdominal surgeries 
in less than one calendar year. And those those kind of tend to take a quarter of a season to half a season sometimes to really get the yeah. player back up to speed again. I've seen enough of those over the years that it's, uh, you know, you expect some some time till the guy's back to where he was before. Um, you know, not not and not not even withstanding the the off ice stuff and the you know the very difficult yeah. times that he's he's been going through. So I mean, you know, there, there's a lot going on there. I, I mean, if you can if you can work it out cap wise that you could go get a Tomas Hurdle, then hey, that's a, that solves a whole lot of problems. But I don't I don't see that being uh, feasible. Yeah, I don't either. So do, do you think the likeliest scenario is Broussard, or do you think Lawton is more likely? Well, I think Lawton will move to the middle. I don't think they, they want to move Giroud if they can possibly avoid that. So, you know, I, I think Lawton is the most logical guy to move back to center. Um, you know, I like Broussard better in a third line role than, than as the second center. You know, you know, it, it was like uh, it was like Philpola a couple of years ago. Philpola, uh, you know, one game here, one game there, could play a top six role, but but not over a long term basis anymore. And I don't think Broussard is that player at this point that you want him in that top six role. And Lawton brings you, even if he even if he tends to be a little streaky offensively, he always brings you the other elements too. So he'll you know he'll go in, he'll win a lot of puck battles, he'll bring speed, he'll bring he'll bring other things. And as you said, I mean he. Uh, you know, he he's shown chemistry in the past with his line mates, so it's uh, it's not like it's a totally unknown quantity. So that's probably in house where I would go with that. And um, then you're looking for looking at Thompson for the fourth line, and then then you're really down to two forwards vying you know vying for the remaining spot. I mean, one is Jackson Cates, and the other one is is Garrett Wilson. I don't think he, I don't think he was in any of our bingo cards as as a guy who would be who be there at the end, but there he is. Yeah, it's, it is amazing when we came into camp, we weren't thinking that those were two names that, that could stick and stay. You know, people also ask the question and they say, well, uh, it's not like he's not going to get minutes at the NHL level. If they kept him, he's going to play 2C, he's going to play with skilled players. What's the advantage to send him to the AHL? Well, the advantage is, is that the competition is not nearly as high level and he can get his game under, you know, get his game back dialed in against lesser competition than he can at the NHL level. The NHL level is unforgiving if you're not where you need to be. Yeah. If you're, if you're not really on top of your game, you can't hide a player in the lineup. And uh, it's, it's not, it wouldn't be enough to be, again, you're, you're not a liability. You know, you're not, you're not costing the team goals and whatever you're playing that you're playing up there in the lineup. You really do. You need, you need the offensive side of it too. I mean, there's just, you just do. Um, so I think he is better off being on a, on a top power play unit rather than a second unit. And a lot of mm-hmm. times the second unit might get out for only the final 20 seconds or so of a power yeah. play as opposed to, as opposed to a minute to a minute and a half, which is where he'll be. And which is where he will be on, on, on the Phantoms. You, you get to get him out there in PP one uh, feeding Tyson Forrester who got sent down today and, you know, see how Forrester comes along and, you know, same, same, I mean, you know, I don't think people are as surprised or as upset with Forrester because he's 19 years old. But uh, I think, you know, I think it shows the difference between rookie camp and, and rookie games versus the NHL. Um, so I saw with Morgan, who, you know, was <laughs> dominant in the first rookie game. You saw Forster, how many, you know, all the goals that he scored and all the all the time he was, you know, the, the threat to score. So, you know, I, I think I think at the AHL level, they can do some good things together and what should be a good Phantoms team on the whole. And, you know, again, Play well, 
earn your way back up and the opportunities will present themselves. Let's talk about Bill uh, Cam York. He is still on the roster. He's going to be sent down. Uh, why not send him down now? Why, why wait? I truthfully don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, uh, other than they, they maybe want to take a look at him in the, the final exhibition game. And then side from there, um, we don't, we don't know if there's anybody who's dealing with any kind of an injury at all, because an injury might open up a space for him, uh, especially with, especially with Zamula uh, out for a little, little bit now. So, you know, if you do have an injury within the top six, you might have to reconfigure things just a little bit, but that, uh, you know, that might open an opportunity for for York to start. Although, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, Braun was the guy who took a maintenance say the other day, not saying he's banged up. I don't, don't know that, but let's, let's say that we're him. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily went York with uh, Yandel, you know, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know who would be the ideal guy to come up. They might even go with Sealer in that situation for a couple of games, but um, you know, but at the very least, I mean, we'll, we'll see how things go over the next day or two. I would still be surprised barring injury though, if York is in the opening night roster, I think Sealer is your number seven. You surprised that Sealer and Clendenning? Uh, not ba- not based on the camps they've had. Um, you know, I, I think Sealer has been the different kind of players because Sealer is more of a more of a physical defensive defenseman, and Condenning is more of a, a puck moving type. Um, but just just based on how well they've played in their respective roles and their minutes, I, I think Sealer's been the better of the two in camp. So I I, I I'm not surprised to see it shake out that way. Um, you know, and then uh, yeah, and then uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming there shouldn't be an issue getting Clendenning through waivers, so we could always come up if you need the puck mover type too. Yeah, yeah, go got to call in off the bench if you will. Um, let's get to some Ask Billy questions. We haven't done this in a while, Bill, and there's a lot of uh, variables right now with the team. So let's start with Anthony Spunky four eleven eighty two. He says with the frost cut causing fans to scratch their heads. That's an understatement. He said, will a big move occur to the roster that has impact, but also be cap friendly? Um, I think we both just don't see that as uh, a likely option right now. No, I don't, I don't see that as a likely option. You don't know who could come across the waiver wire by opening night. But if the guy's in, in the waiver wire, there's usually usually some reason or other. You know, it's uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, anything is possible. I don't see a trade. I don't see any kind of a big trade. So unless unless somebody were to unexpectedly become available, I, I don't I don't see it. Uh, let's go to Chris. He says, uh, is Frost being sent to the AHL an overreaction to relying too much on young players last year or an overreaction to him being one Patrick 2.0 who should have spent time in the AHL to develop? That's an interesting question. I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, still obviously yeah. with his game as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and I do. Yeah. I mean, I, the only similarity to Patrick is all the all the time that was missed before coming back. Um, I, I will take slight issue with the, the Patrick really need AHL time because he didn't, <laughs> he didn't, he was physically mature. He came to the NHL right away, had double digit goals and 30 something points as a teenage player. So it was really after that year two, year three, you know, where he didn't, well, the year three was injured, but it was really subsequently he didn't develop. But I mean, his rookie year was about to expect you know, for a guy where he was drafted, it's just he hasn't developed since then. But any, at, at any rate, uh, I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, Joseph, who says, and this is an interesting question as well. How do you feel Martin Jones has performed in preseason? He said, I know the sample size is small, but do you think he'll be a solid goaltender when Hart's not in the net? 
It's the Chuck Fletcher offseason move. I'm still on the fence about that's Joe's display. I, I feel like Martin Jones settled in real nicely. I thought he had a really good above average certain to, to really good preseason. I thought he's performed well. Yeah. I mean, first start was a short one. He had basically a one period, which was not a good first period. And the third goal on that, in that game, that, that period was a bad one, but then he really didn't see much rubber at all in the, that half a period before he was taken out. So uh, his other two outings have been good ones. I know his stat line from the game in Bridgeport is not pretty, but he played fine. That, that was yeah. not a goaltending issue. Um, you know, the jury's going to be out. I mean, uh, you're, you're going to have to see a number of games out of him and, and uh, see how he fares. You know, can he can he pick up some wins on the road? That was something that uh, something that Brian Elliott did well. He, you know, his stat lines weren't great, but he seemed to win a lot of those games a couple mm-hmm. seasons ago. Can he step in and do that? I mean, Jones, before the last couple of years, was a, was a workhorse starter. So, you know, he... Uh, He's going to have to adapt a little different role. I, I don't think you can pass judgment one way or the other. Uh, I, I think that the, the jury's out on it. Is he capable of doing it? I think he's capable of doing it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and the other thing, he's going to get, with not being the guy that has to play as much as he played in San Jose, he, he's got the ability in season to keep his to get his continue to dial in his game and keep it dialed in. I think it's a, a big element of it. It's going to be the... Uh, the the flyers whipping boy this year <laughs> there's always one right yeah yeah uh well yeah I, I it's gonna i mean it's gonna really i think it's gonna depend on the group of fans you know there, there's, there's usually a couple you're gonna have your guy who's not a coursey darling who's gonna get you know who's gonna get it from one part of the fan base and then you're gonna get someone who's kind of a finesse player who the the old school bang and crash shoot the puck crowd isn't gonna like either you know, it's uh, so, you know, but I, I think I think Rista Linen at times might be that guy. Yeah. Sanheim yeah. might be that. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, look, I, I, the fan base is impatient right now. And it's and it's really hard to call for patience. Yeah. But um, there's a little bit of it that's needed here in the beginning of the year. Uh, Logan G says, uh, what which, if any of the cuts will have the first shot to come up this year? And I look at that, I go, that, that's Morgan. You know, go down, get your game completely dialed in against some lesser competition. And if you do that and you're looking good, you're coming back up post-haste. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, you know, and I, I know York is still up with the big team, but an injury in the blue line could open something up there. It, it, all, it all depends on where the opportunity, you know, arises. Maybe you need a, you know, maybe you need a, a Sandine type for a couple of games, and he he would yeah. end up being the first call up. You know, I, I think that the the first guy you might look at as a long term call up, you know, would would be Morgan. Hopefully, I mean, it's going to depend partially on you know largely on how he performs and and somewhat on on what else goes on you know outside of injuries on the NHL roster. But I mean, he would be he'd be the, the odds on favorite going in, but things change. Bill, what's the latest on the Wade Allison injury and its kind of timeline on him? We're going to, uh, as we're recording this, you know, it'll be a day until we get to talk to Chuck Fletcher. Last I, last I heard that they were weighing surgery as a potential option. Um, you know, it's definitely a severe high ankle sprain, and those can be tricky kind of long-term injuries in a season. So I, I haven't heard any adjustment of, the, of that initial timetable. 
But just the fact that they're considering surgery as an option seems to suggest it's uh, on the longer end of that timetable and possibly longer than that. So that, was, that wasn't great news the last time we got an update. Yeah, that's not great news. All right, uh, Bill, we're going to let you off the hook easy. We tapped you in for a back-to-back. Good start on both of them. Uh, We appreciate that. As always, we appreciate everybody listening to this episode of Flyers Daily. Another brand new one coming up tomorrow uh, for a game day edition, final preseason game against the Caps. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.